Name one Labour defector you weren't sad to lose. Weren't sad to lose? Yeah. That sounds like a trick question, wasn't it? I think you say, <laughs> well, what, I suppose one Labour, one Labour defector you weren't sad to lose and one you were. Well, Mike Gapes for his sheer comedy value. Obviously, he's very sinister in that he backs every war going. But we've lost all those kind of milk memes and things that are out there. And there's jokes about his strange speech about the cows from the north and the cows from the south. So Mike Gapes is a kind of comedy figure. So he's the one you were sad to lose. What about one you especially weren't sad to lose? Uh, Jonathan Woodcock. Jonathan, Jonathan. Yeah. We want to know something. Okay. You are the hard left, Chris. Well, have you ever been opposing the, the government and opposing the Conservatives? Yes. I'm My afraid the hard left who want there. to tighten their control. Did you they like want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think well, anybody should be surprised about that is the nature the of the hard left. And of course, we know that, that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any dissent. Well, we know that the hard left only ascendancy within the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. Bermuda's about 600 miles east of South Carolina. That's why I say so. You just said that we were right, right to right wing. The hard well, left agenda. Printing Bermuda. money, nationalization without compensation. That sort of hard left wing down position. Hard left, the hard left. 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 The I saw how stiff I was, and I changed it. Just, Jonathan, when you say how stiff you were, what exactly are you talking about? I'll explain to you. Don't go away. Right, hello. Welcome to Real Politic, everyone. Or should I say, welcome to Spanish football team of some repute, Real Politic. Uh, yeah, you can't the story, see my the shit story legend. in here. Like, but it was the way I like looked. And I didn't see it, actually. I wasn't looking. There's a, there is a mirror right there, but I didn't quite look. But I just imagined that the way I looked there really, like, made that joke hit the spot, you know? Just, like, the shit-eating grin, the... Yeah. yeah. Well, any... Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, extreme Andrew Spooner reply guy energy to that. <laughs> you know, I'm... <laughs> I, I steal from Do the very best. As my influences. Do you, do you remember the phase when they just tried to call it? What well, was before? Say us. It was before I joined. Just sort of trying to call you like every variation on real politic, other than like spelling it correctly. Yeah, like the I Ray, think the Real was... Politics radio show and all this stuff. Yeah, I think I was like how people put asterisks in names, mm. though. Like so that no, but half of them were like them. were like atting you guys and the, oh, at yeah, the Real okay. Politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because there was like there was this one yeah. time where this dude was like bigging up Femi. Femi was like, "I'm afraid that <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm afraid that we need to stop doing public spending forever if we leave the EU." Um, and then <laughs> and also if we don't leave the yeah, EU. Yeah, yeah. And also, we're, well, well, we're definitely not going to leave the EU. So we've got just basically we've got to stop public spending. And some some dude in the fucking replies was like, "Yeah, Femi, go on, show you show him. You keep sticking it to the man, Femi." And I looked in the guy bio and he was like a fucking CEO of some fucking company of some sort probably not like a massive CEO but like a CEO nonetheless and and I was just yeah. like that's it Femi keep going you know keep getting the CEO endorsements uh, <laughs> and, and and this dude was just like yeah like oh wow your politic is so real I'm like great mate you, you hit the nail nice, on the head there nice inventive yeah do you remember one of them tried to like report Laura to the real politic show because they thought that was some sort of radio station or show that was like her employer. Oh yeah, yeah they did. They were just they, <laughs> they like tried to at the podcast account. Can you please sack this woman? She's quite like, rude. She's doing terrible stuff and I, I think I did like, do Yeah like she a... is, that's why you invited her on. <laughs> uh, yeah well uh, precisely. I mean I did like a whole press release I think saying basically that we we like spoke to Laura about her remarks, called her in for a meeting and like, promoted her or something like that. I can't remember remember exactly how we dealt with it but yeah there were people like well obviously not by sacking her <laughs> but there were some people or any kind of disciplinary measures i should clarify so we're going to be discussing a few things today you know like um from the political scene you know the stuff that, that we all we all love to hate 
and hate to hate because we don't really love it so we don't hate to love we're anyway, gonna get angry at some dickheads yeah so here is from the andrew spooner set on twitter we mentioned andrew spooner a minute ago here's one of the weirdest like agrocentrist fucking cranks around hardline transphobe super against any redistributed policies like fucking hates owen jones obviously just all the hallmarks you're not narrowing it down there no of course this is victoria freeman at make trouble <laughs> so Fuckin here hell. she is on may the 11th 2015 chris leslie a shadow <laughs> chancellor unfathomable and then here she is on september the 21st 2017 love leslie hate mcdonald the gouging out of the center in british politics is genuinely distressing so so my theory is that she was saying that chris leslie as shadow chancellor was unfathomably good as opposed to the left-wing extremist ed balls sounds right yeah yeah, it's just unbelievable. Just, you know, I can't... She was reacting to that like we were reacting to Corbyn becoming the frontrunner for leadership. Like, holy shit, that's just so good. Yeah, Jeremy Corbyn wow. is unfathomable. A bolt, a bolt from the blue, amazing, unfathomable. Yeah, <laughs> who could believe that a man like with such reasonable economic policies would, would take us from the profligate days of Gordon Brown? <laughs> um, Have you got the one to hand about Polly Toynbee? Oh, right. I, I know, because those were also tweeted by Luther Blissett. Yes, um, yeah. He's been doing some good work sorry, regarding Luther, that. Sorry, too many numbers in your app. But <laughs> 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 She's described the fact that Keir Starmer has said no illegal wars as mindless and heartless. So we'll get to this, actually, because now we've created for ourselves a segue into the Keir Starmer 10 pledges that he's laid out, which have been like a source of much contention among the hardline centrist ad contingent because they're all basically like, we will retain such and such Corbyn policy, but phrased in a loyally manner, <laughs> as in <laughs> written by a lawyer. Yeah, and I think the credulousness in that people are sort of saying like, Every pledge that any candidate comes up with right now, that means they're 100% going to implement that in full, quickly. Yeah. Like Tony Blair had a load of left-wing pledges that he made and implemented a couple of them to the point where it was being openly mocked on TV by people like Stuart Lee and Richard Herring, whose position at the time was that all political satire is pointless and we shouldn't bother with it. Mm. And it's bizarre for anyone that's ever followed any sort of political contest ever in their lives to be like, oh, he's going to implement all 10 of those things, definitely. And and they're mostly quite left-wing or worded to appear quite left-wing. Therefore, he's good now, you know? People are like, kind of saying they're convinced. I mean, it shows, yeah, like that I mean, he's running a canning campaign in some ways. How many of them has he consistently championed or, or championed at all before he's Fuck really all, been running for leader? Versus how many of them has Rebecca Long-Bailey fairly consistently held to them or better, regardless of what her position was at the time? Yeah, exactly. Like, no, uh, he's there, put, he's put him on a nice list, therefore I have to vote for him. Simon Scab Fletcher tweeting out the fucking ten pledges. <laughs> Bastard. Of course he is, People yeah. are like, oh, Simon Fletcher supports Keir Starmer, so obviously Keir Starmer's on the left. I'm like, yeah, as if he didn't jump ship when the going got tough from the leader's office. Like... Pull the other one. Didn't Cat Fletcher quit pretty early on as well? And she's working for Keir Starmer too. Yeah, and, and seems to have a bit of a record of, of treating people quite badly in general as well. Oh, no, sorry. I thought that that was like a phenomenon invented by people in the leader's office in the last couple of years. Yeah, none of that ever happened before Gary Murphy <laughs> got involved. <laughs> yeah, of course. And <laughs> definitely invented not in, bullying. Definitely not in, like, Labour Deputy Leader's Office or anything like that. No, no, and you certainly didn't used to have John McTurnan, like, bragging about how the whips Just used grabbing to, like, people's literally... balls, like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> That was one of the best recurring bits was... McTurnan, from... I'll squeeze you by the gabagools. You're just in the Peckham <laughs> car park late at night, minding <laughs> your own business, and there he is, like... Ah, <laughs> Down to Peckham just, and say that, pal. <laughs> you thought you could come down to my end of the woods, fucking Peckham, and would just be here generally, really, squeezing and squeezing. They're just like, look, I promise I'll, I don't know, vote against an investigation into the Iraq War or something. I just but remember like, Farage's fuck face pestering McTurnan for a good two years or so on Twitter, just like, 
well, what about that? Did you report that? <laughs> who, who was it that did this? That sounds like misconduct and all this. And, and he was going to great lengths to avoid replying. <laughs> Daniel, what's... I don't know what his surname or if he even has his surname on here is, but I'm trying to find the thread because Daniel did a good rundown of how <laughs> cunningly phrased Starmer's 10 pledges were. There you go. Found it. It's Daniel at unelectable. Unelectable what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just re-registered fairly recently after quite a while off Twitter, I think. He points out that in Starmer's pledge on benefits there's no pledge to abolish the WCA yeah so Labour's policy has been I'm some I think someone else actually more explicitly stated the difference between the policies in a different thread coming to think of it but Labour's policy was no arms sales to Saudi Arabia or other countries that are participating in human rights abuses around the world it was an explicit no whereas Starmer's is review all arms sales and then daniel speculates and conclude that yes arms sales are good actually although the pledge within that pledge that has caused all the contention amongst the eight kirstian part of the party for john rentals you know has been the introduce a prevention of military intervention act and put human rights at the heart of foreign policy yeah. so this is his no more illegal wars pledge basically isn't it i mean what what's it actually entail <laughs> All of these just have so much wiggle room in them, basically. Is the, yeah, uh, <laughs> the long and short of it. He could implement them pretty much all in ways that could be very good. And he could basically water them down so much they're essentially meaningless and would be more Ed Miliband in practice and Ed Miliband in theory, you know, where it's still quite a, a right-wing overall leadership. Yeah. Well, my curiosity was piqued by the statement, no illegal wars. And I was thinking, okay, so if he's against illegal wars, which wars would he specifically call illegal? And I think it was yesterday's hustings in which we found out. Somebody asked if he thinks the Iraq war is illegal, and he said, yeah, I think the Iraq war was illegal. But when asked whether he thinks Tony Blair is a war criminal, he said, nope. Now, that's very loyally. Because, I mean, as far as I can see it, it was Tony Blair's government that fabricated evidence, that tried to rig votes at the UN, that was responsible for a great amount of human life under pretenses that were not what they claimed. And Blair, to me, seems absolutely directly culpable in that. Although, I mean, I don't really think this is in Starmer's defence, actually. It's more being critical of other senior Labour politicians, but John McDonnell also said that Tony Blair is not a war criminal in his interview with war criminal Alistair Campbell. So, <laughs> Starmer's not alone in, in that stance, but uh, no. and I, I'm sure McDonnell would also say that the war was illegal. But come on, send Blair to the hog. RLB really needs to play the jail Blair card. Because, like, the Labour left have just been... They've been keeping the jail Blair card, like, hidden away all these years. Like, you know, I don't know. I feel like it's down there with, like, the big stop Brexit card and the stop anti-Semitism card. They're, like, somewhere. Yeah. And the jail Blair card, like, maybe it's, it's down the back of the sofa or something. But you could just pull it out. Just, bam! Jail Tony Blair. And I it's think... a winning populist... We want want law and order. We want, you know, Nandy was talking about no one talks about crime. I'm talking about crime right now. Motherfucking war crimes. Let's send that criminal bastard, Tony Blair, to prison and make that a cornerstone of RLB's agenda. I think the genius thing about that is every time for years someone even whispers about possibly should we look to see if local members want to deselect this candidate <laughs> this is vile stalinist thuggery shocking absolute totalitarian nonsense right yep. so we will get all that if we're saying we literally want to to jail one of our political opponents for being <laughs> of having terrible politics we will get all that it will be slightly more justified than it usually is wait are we just going to jail will... him for being a blairite i mean that's sick i, <laughs> I, I was, I was talking well. about jailing him but for it would the blunt, war, but it, would if blunt we just... it entirely with everyone really because they'd be like yeah but it's tony blair let's do it and then the next <laughs> time they're like oh this is stalinism they're like um well i don't know i didn't think i was a fan of that but it worked last time didn't it we got blair in jail <laughs> exactly <laughs> i mean i will say i'm i'm open to your suggestion but we simply stick everyone who identifies as a blairite or is remotely sympathetic with blair's politics in prison 
you know, I think also, I might just have proposed gulags from the bottom up. I'm not sure quite how I feel about that. <laughs> community but... organising kind of thing. Like, look, <laughs> we've got to look at how we can engage in violent repression of our opponents in opposition at the local level. <laughs> we've got to have violent repression embedded into yeah. every community. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. normalise it and get people used to it while they're young. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, though. We could at least kick Blair out of the fucking party. Like, but he, he yeah. said enough disloyal yeah. shit. If we kick Campbell out, why didn't we just go the full way and, and you know, kick the big man out himself? Like, there he is, swanning about, tactically not endorsing any candidate in the leadership contest. We know you're backing Keir, Tony. We know you met Lisa a couple of years ago and whatever, said you're a great hope of the party. But, I mean, come on, he's obviously just, like, quietly hoping that Starmer will kind of, like, clear things up. And like we were saying, Akehurst is obviously hoping he'll do. He's hoping Starmer will just basically, like, martyr himself for the centre. That he'll take all the shit. For enough years, but the right can properly take control yes, of the party. Yeah. If he's better than they expect, they'll be fine with it. Better for them, I mean. And yeah. If he's not, then he'll be a holding baton guy, hopefully start the purge, and then someone else can take it over that suits him. Exactly. So I think that's what Blair is hoping for with his silence, because you know when Blair's silent, because he's on Newsnight every fucking two weeks when he's not silent. And yeah. then I heard actually that he called Mr. Wesley Streeting in for a meeting. Which, I don't know, either his like ability to spot future leaders has really gone down the shitter, or, I don't know, like someone just told him that Wes is sad. <laughs> Wes needs his hero to be like, look, it's not all doom and gloom, Wes. They're opening a new branch of McDonald's in, in, in both Ilfords. This time the clown is taking his grief and sister Wes. <laughs> So, yeah, Blair is still fucking doing his sinister machinations behind the scenes. And I'm just saying, like, kick the cunt out and then mm-hmm. throw the cunt in jail. That's all I'm saying, man. All we are. I know it's not as catchy as give peace a chance, but all we are saying is kick the cunt out and throw him in jail. Yeah. Yeah, that you know, there have been and will be to a much higher extent soon all sorts of calls from dickheads on the centre and right to try and kick Corbyn out of the party. Oh, there will, yeah, so 100%. That'll undermine any sort of, no, we can't throw out former leaders for what they've done and so on. Yeah, back to the Starmer pledges. He says that he will support common ownership. Okay, common ownership of... Rail, mail, energy, and water. He does. He does elaborate. To be fair, so all the stuff that we already support having common ownership of. Yeah. Now I someone do... else has opened up the space that we can discuss it, and that is proven to be popular. Exactly. But I yeah. think support is the key term there because he's not saying we will take these back into public ownership. I will do this, I will make it a priority. Maybe that's a semantic point, but on stuff like nationalisation, Corbyn talked about his policy on that as a prospectus for government. On immigration, I think it's the watered-down version of what RLB is proposing. He says, end for indefinite detention and closure of centres such as Yarlswood. Does that mean all of them? I don't know. Or does such as Yarlswood just mean like the particularly bad ones? Yeah, it might mean Yarlswood. Specifically, Yarl's word. We'll open up a new one in a better location. Basically the same, and we'll give them comfier mattresses. I do feel with the immigration stuff, though, a lot of it is just like boilerplate Labour Party immigration stuff. None of it is even particularly glaring. It's just all the same. Yeah, they're kind of trying to sit on the fence in terms of appealing to the membership with broadly pro-immigration stuff and then trying to appeal to the fictional men of the towns who want everyone chucked out. There's a lot of bet hedging going on at the moment and I think you'd be naive to think that how they're positioning themselves now is how they would position themselves immediately after winning an election. Absolutely. I think this pledge is fucking bollocks. There's nothing specific in it whatsoever. Pull down obstacles that limit opportunities and talent. We are the party of the Equal Pay Act. Sure start. BAME representation and the abolition of Section 28. We must build on that for a new decade. Has he signed the pledge on clamping down on transphobia yet? I don't think think he has. He's basically said he's not going to do that. Yeah, he no, says I... it's gone too far, or it's 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 a bit. Oh, it's, you we know, need he's, we he's need to bring to... the temperature down in the debate. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the victims of bigotry are getting a bit vocal about it. it yeah, off, mate. 
No, he hasn't signed that yet, has he? But really, the problem with the pledge there itself is that he's just listing, like, good things that New Labour did. There's not actually any new ideas in there, just building on what the Blair yeah. government did, which and again, the Tories have already started rolling back, well, I, I, had nine years of rolling back, and pull down obstacles <laughs> that limit opportunities and talent. Bollocks, and Blairite bollocks at that. I keep saying this as well, right, sure start, good, great, okay, but if it was as good as its supporters constantly make it out to be, the Tories wouldn't have been able to dismantle it like three months into government or whatever well, yeah. it was they did. <laughs> exactly. You know? It technically still exists in like a tiny fraction of the funding it once had, which is obviously bad, but there's not really public outcry about it. There was always something weird about that specific policy, the way they insist on branding it as sure start, always capitalised, always given particular sort of reverence yeah. and prominence. But actually, that's one where it would make sense to be like, no, here's what this policy actually is and what it does for yeah, you. Yeah, they, they assume because people everyone see, knows what it is. Yeah, people <laughs> might see a clip in the background a couple of times a year of someone at conference saying, and we'll bring back sure start properly funded. And that's not going to mean anything to them if they're not hugely political people. Whereas I mean, if they were saying, look, we're going to better fund your fucking childcare, yeah. you know. <laughs> that, that right, I know what that means. Mean. I know yeah. how that can benefit me and my friends and relatives and work colleagues. And actually, that's really good. And I, I might vote for that now. Yeah, like I was saying on an episode I did with Yair a couple of months back. I think it was the one where we read the Robert Webb article. Uh, I read some effing all well. Uh, but, but basically, like I was saying, because he bangs on about Sure Start in that piece. And I was mm. saying to Yair, oh, I have the Blairite shibboleth of Sure Start, Sure Start, Sure Start. And yeah, it was just like, dude, what, 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 what? Sure, start. I had to get up the Wikipedia, so I didn't give them like the most mangled explanation ever. So like, <laughs> yeah, no, not everyone knows what sure start is. Long story short, no. the Tories have done a good job at ensuring that this other pledge from Kia is also bollocks, and it features one of the key words of the Starmer campaign: forensic opposition oh, to the Tories in Parliament. Linked to our mass membership, Jeremy Corbyn's mass membership, and a professional election operation. <laughs> Unlike Mr. <laughs> Seamus Milne. <laughs> Never lose sight of the votes, quote unquote, lent to the Tories in 2019. What? <laughs> Never lose sight? Have we lent to them because we backed your stupid Ooh. fucking Brexit policy? <laughs> robust action to eradicate the scourge of anti-Semitism. Oh man, he, he, so he's gonna play the stop anti-semitism card you know he's he's found it so well you say that but he didn't do very well on that did he at the jlm hustings tonight well he said he's not a zionist didn't he so well he's got massive well sort of not booze but sort of murmurs of horror audibly from the crowd because that's not the answer he was supposed to give and it's not that there's anything wrong with his answer in and of itself but he said pretty much all but that he was a zionist Mm-hmm. He was like, I sympathise with Zionism and agree with Zionists on everything, but I don't call myself that. Which is like, it's a, it was a bit like the Simon Hedges tweet about being a Tory, not being a Tory. Sorry. <laughs> just because <laughs> um, I voted for them in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of expected that like every single one of the candidates would say or basically say they were a Zionist. Depending on how accurately she was quoted and paraphrased, it's possible that Lisa Nandy might have actually done anti-Semitism at the JLM Hustings. Oh, what did she say again? Yeah. She was given an answer that was sort of essentially implying that anti-Semitism was specifically worse than other forms of racism. And someone asked, what did she actually say there? And it was reported by Sienna Rogers... She said that the difference was that anti-Semitism punches up, not down. Oh, yeah, what the fuck? And and paraphrasing, that's why it's seen as acceptable for some members on the left. So if she's saying that left-wingers think it is punching up to do that, that's pretty clumsy and offensively wrong. But if she's actually saying, no, it is punching up to do anti-Semitism versus other forms of that, that is playing into fucking stereotypes of Jews having more societal power and influence than other minorities and essentially ascribing power to people many of whom won't actually have any more than people from different backgrounds. Uh, Again, it's not a direct quote, so I will probably between now and Aaron actually look up the full thing and find out. But The jury's out. Yeah, but 
for fuck's sake, you know, it's with it having been dragging on for so long and with Mandy having been quite vocal about it in the past, you think she'd have a fucking clue about what you should and shouldn't be saying about that sort of thing. Yeah, but I mean, well, it's not the first time that anyone's accidentally made an anti-Semitic oh. comment at a JLM hustings. <laughs> <laughs> Less than four years ago, Owen Smith and Corbyn were there. Very uncomfortable night for Corbyn, even that early into the Labour mm-hmm. anti-Semitism stuff. But Owen Smith, unlike Corbyn, actually did say something anti-Semitic in the course of that. He made some very weird dog whistle, which was supposed to be praise, I think. But he was just like, yeah, Jewish people, you know, they're, they're a very entrepreneurial people. Oh, it actually shows my, my commitment to egalitarianism there, but I didn't do the Welsh accent. Yeah, see, it is possible to learn and grow. Exactly, Owen, take note. <laughs> Whatever he's doing. Well, he grew a beard. <laughs> he grew about 29 inches. <laughs> 29 inch beard. Well, yeah, so I think we've basically gone through the Starmer pledges. The last bit of that one was just some crap about party unity or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. again, the party unity card is also down the back of the sofa. We'll just pull that out. Bam. There we go. The party's united. I can't see any flaws with that. In other deputy leadership news pertaining to the real politic extended universe, the other day on Navarra Media, Richard Bergen did an extended hour-long interview. <laughs> yeah, I watched that, yeah. Yep, towards the end, they did a quick fire round. Asked a couple of very pertinent questions for us. So, was one which was, which Labour defector do you miss? Yeah, it was like, which one do you miss and which one are you glad to see the back of, wasn't it? It was like a two-part question. And so, which one did he miss? Well, he missed uh, a legend of the game. Milk! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was specifically his reasoning for it. As yeah. well, was Mrs. The Milk Memes. Although I'm not sure he maybe follows us too closely because he seemed to be under the impression that the milk memes had stopped now that yeah. he's oh, come on, left Richard. the party and, and left Parliament. We will <laughs> never stop as long as there is a horse to be flogging here. The milk <laughs> don't, memes don't will continue until we. Co- <laughs> as long as we have one listener left. We will be banging the fuck on about Mike Gapes long after he's gone. (laughs) He's just an icon, man. He just sums up so much about, like, this generation of failed Labour politician. We'll be podcasting to a generation that have long since forgotten who Mike Gapes is. We'll be like fucking Andrew Dice Clay in 2020. It will be that far removed from what is fashionable and what makes sense in the current context. Oh, has Andy Dice's career taken another downturn after he got cast in that Woody Allen film a few years ago? Looked like things were looking up for him. I think Louis C.K. was also in that film. I lose track, but I think people are just, <laughs> just on a cycle of sort of trying to revive him ironically and stuff like that. I mean, he's probably still plenty fucking rich and successful out of normal terms. I think whatever his most recent revival is might have died down because the most recent thing on his Wikipedia is in September 2018, Dice launched his new podcast, I'm Over Here Now, on the Gas Digital <laughs> Network. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck, he was in A Star Is Born, playing Lady Gaga's dad. Oh, wow, Fuck's okay. sake. Beating, good, out, beating out Robert De Niro and Ray Liotta for the part. Fuck and his performance hell. went on to receive positive reviews. Andrew Dice fucking Clay. Oh, mate, fucking hell, <laughs> man. Like... Fuck? Bradley Cooper really did De Niro dirty in that because, like, him and De Niro go back a few films. Like, they've worked together a number of times and I felt like De Niro was almost a kind of mentor figure to him and then he's like, bam, no, Robert, you've got to go and do, like, I don't know, whatever crap you do when Marty's not calling you. (laughs) I'm the actor now. You've been a comedian. I'm an actor now, you know? I've given the role to Andrew Dice Clay. Maybe that's why De Niro went and did that film, The Comedian. He's like, maybe this will prove to Bradley that I'm, I'm the man for the role. I, I can do exactly. And his show is just all like gross, sexist Andrew Dice Clay material. Yeah. It's like the inverse of King of Comedy, basically. 
Yeah, I was going to say I'll read the Gapes jokes and how they're aging. I listened to Tim Peake's Farron Walk with me last night. And I mean, I had, a, I had a whale of a time, to be honest. It was great going back, listening to all the old jokes. Cause I haven't listened to it in so long because it's kind of horrifying. You know, we spent so long, put, <laughs> yeah, so much time, yeah. put so yeah. much time into it. It was and, a bit uh, of a magnum opus, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's never going to be what i envisioned but i listened to it and it was jokes man there's so much, so much funny stuff in there but yeah i was just thinking like wow already people are going to have forgotten who tim farron is for the mm. vast majority of people and he's been passed over for a new trendier milk obsessed politician yeah. as well it's a tragedy of it he's not even <laughs> the most notable failed politician who has lots of awkward footage of him and milk and, and this insane, sort of thing it's insane man yeah like gapes only really has a cameo in, mm. in tim mm. peaks baron walk with me like there's this bit where tim in narration is like as i entered parliament my mind was open to a dazzling array of political ideas and then it just cuts to the milk speech um and then there's there's another bit where tim's chairing the he's like him and gapes are co-chairs of the appg for bipartisanship yeah the all-party parliamentary group for bipartisanship and yeah basically chris leslie just does a coup on tim and he, he's like gapes knows his place he can stay and i felt that that scene because Soobs was in the bipartisanship APPG as well. I felt that was like such a prescient scene in terms of like setting the scene for Change UK. Yeah, yeah. The cult of Soobs was such a weird thing. And it seems to be almost completely forgotten now. But yeah, who? Jesus Christ. Wow, she didn't retain her seat on the personal vote. Who knew? I just remembered the other day and had to tweet about it because it was such a sort of this only existed for a week. Like David Liddington. And he mm. was like briefly the hero of the Remainer left for oh yeah I never less really than a week. That guy was, I, yeah. I, I I hadn't heard of him before, and I'm a fucking political nerd. Yeah, and haven't really heard of him since, apart from when that happened and then when he resigned. Yeah, but there was this one thing where all these very serious journalists and online Remainers with big followings were like. Yes, I've always thought he would make a... If we have to have a Tory Prime Minister, you know, he would be a very dignified one. He would bring oh, a God, seriousness yeah. to the role. You're not telling me you knew he existed until he said something vaguely <laughs> pro-Europe two days ago or something. They've got it into their head that we have to have a Tory Prime Minister. That's why they always vote Tory. They just think that that's the yeah. only choice, really. <laughs> they don't want to, but they're just more electable. That's the way it is, you know, for people in number 10. They're Tories. Have you not noticed? They're always yeah. Tories. So you've got to yeah. vote Tory. Yeah. It's got to be done, you know? <laughs> things are Look, the way they are. You may are. not like so Margaret Thatcher, a... but she won the same. three elections, don't you know? Well, in fact, I do like Margaret Thatcher. I'm yeah. a proud member of the Conservative Party. Nevertheless. See, I got you there. I flipped the <laughs> tables. Right. Let's stay on Bergen for a minute, because in that interview, there was another really good bit. Yeah, he's, so he said he'll miss Gapes because of just the sheer comedy value. He was like, I mean, obviously, he's a frightening man who has backed every war in the book. Yeah. But... <laughs> That's a line that he's not just a figure of fun. I do also want to make clear that I think his politics are awful and he's a bit of a prick. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking, like, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, Lisa Nandy keeps saying all this really reactionary shit, and sooner or later some of her melty, liberal lefty kind of followers are going to be like, oh, okay, this isn't for me. And then all the memes that they've done of her are going to be like an albatross hanging around their neck. And I think we've proven that you can meme the hell out of somebody without ever supporting them or their political objectives in the slightest. And yeah. at the end of the memeing process, they may well be out of Parliament if you meme hard enough and often enough. But you can just pretend if you meme the wrong candidate that it just never happened. Just remove the twibbon and stop tweeting excitedly about them. And it's like almost like you never endorsed them in the first place, you know? <laughs> yeah, change your display name, etc., etc. There's all the great memes, though, isn't there? There's the, the, the Nand wagon, the, um, <laughs> the, the Contra Nand. The <laughs> the, the, uh, the 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 universal free broadnand nand of brothers nand, that's, nand, that's for the bros nand the, of the, brothers the, the, the nand of brothers yeah. are like the toxic male nandy bros who are just online sending all us poor innocent hard leftists abuse yeah i just log on twitter and the nandy bros are just like i've got this new data and it says that like towns are, 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 are like <laughs> 
outside of cities and yeah. bigger than villages. I've heard these I'm towns I'm like, god exist. damn it, this is the most upsetting shit I've read all day. Get out of my mentions. Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Nand. That was one of her <laughs> 2016 phases around the time she was speaking at Blue Labour conference. <laughs> Let's all go down the Nand. Is it a yeah. reference to the old musical song, right? For for my my uh, like 1910s comrades out there. Yeah. Look, we need to win back the older voters. Steamed Nand, that's one for the Simcoms out there. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to a good friend of the show, Eager Elephant. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Eager Elephant backing in the contest? I mean, hopefully he's not allowed to be a Labour member because of all the hate speech he posts. But I've not looked for a long, long time at what he's up to, but I'm just going to guess he's somehow back in Mayor Bloomberg. <laughs> Is he an expel me guy? I presume probably like... I mean, I don't like think sixty percent of the expel me tweeters are sort of thirsty fifty to yeah. sixty year old men who have he's, very very right. anti left views. He's deleted his account at the moment. Obviously, he'll be back in a day or two. You know, Glinner fucking locks his account at night so people can't report his disgraceful tweets when oh, he's asleep. Oh, really? Does such, yeah. such a cunt. I actually watched him on Newsnight out in, of curiosity. It's yeah, disgrace so did that they I. Had him on. I got some horrible suggestions after that, which I was I had to go on YouTube and be like, no, I don't want Graham Linehan videos. <laughs> Fuck's sake, yeah, no, yeah. Well, just what a disgraceful man, but he looks uncomfortable with what he's become, which is good to know. Yeah, yeah, good to know. Yeah, he tweeted something earlier, which was like, what if my writing partner, Arthur, I'm like, hang on, he hasn't been your writing partner for a long time, mm. mate, but <laughs> probably the... because you're such a horrible cunt to be around. I don't even know if he's got good politics, Arthur, I don't think he has, Arthur Matthews. I, 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 just I, assume... I think he's kind of centre, centre left leaning, oh, so yeah, bro- yeah, broadly so. where Glinner was before Corbyn got in, but yeah. also before he went fucking absolutely crazy with the transphobia. Uh, yeah, I'm not even saying that... So he's, he's more anti-right than particularly pro any proper leftist positions. I think I found Arthur Matthews's Twitter once. Yeah. He retweeted Nick Cohen or something. But I mean, the point yeah. is, like, whether or not he is a crap centrist himself, Glinner is probably just... He's got just the decency like, to mostly stay quiet about it and yeah. just get on with his work. You know? Glinner is just probably just an unbearable cunt to be around these days. Oh, there, I mean, there's a lot of indications about it. You know, there was stuff like his wife's brother was retweeting shit about oh, like, yeah. what, a, what a disgrace he was the other day. There was that amazing unrelated tweet by John Ronson. Oh, yeah. Um, about trans rights. Did he allude to it? No, it was completely unrelated to Graham Linehan or anything relating to that. But he was talking about someone else and he was saying something like, yeah, they they always used to be pretty sound on here. I considered them a friend, but they've sort of gone down a, a dark path and it's sad to see him saying stuff like this. Yeah. But because the person they were quote tweeting had blocked Glinner or Glinner had blocked them or something, uh, right. he couldn't see what it was and he was just like, how, how do you look at your wife with a straight face or something <laughs> like that? And he was like, <laughs> and then there's a tweet later like, I have deleted that tweet. I just assumed he was talking about me. And the tweet was like, <laughs> yeah, I used to like this guy, but he's a big fucking weirdo now. <laughs> and it's like, fuck, he's on about me again. I recognise myself in that. He said that he's lost a load of income because he's just too extreme. Like, he, he was going to teach a comedy course in Australia, but they cancelled it because they couldn't afford enough security. And it's like, imagine being too Mate, bigoted for yeah. Australia. <laughs> word for word, if you're too bigoted to get work in Australia, really. <laughs> it's really? like that puts him in the bracket of this in researching another episode i found out about a black metal band called destroyer 666 who were <laughs> somehow deemed too racist for australia and their tour there was cancelled <laughs> I, I found the tweet now it was a guy called paul cornish saying disappointed to hear real life superhero phoenix jones has been arrested on drug charges when i first read this john ronson piece about him years ago i remember thinking he seemed like a nice if weird bloke and john ronson has quote tweeted that saying he was a nice if weird man it's really sad his life has turned out this way and i hope (laughs) things turn around for him (laughs) replied too quickly by glinner saying how you can look elaine in the face is beyond me (laughs) and then later deleted that last one 
that's the problem with being blocked by half the internet. I couldn't see the response and thought it was about me. <laughs> Wait, who's Elaine? I kind of assumed that was John Ronson's wife or, so or, is or someone saying, in his family. Um, is Glynna saying that like, because she's a woman, John Ronson's betraying yes. her with his support of trans rights, which that tweet wasn't even about. <laughs> yeah, that is his wife who they've got a kid with. Um, That's hilarious, yeah. man. Like, oh, it's this person I you are You're betraying women by potentially saying he, Graham Linehan, is a big fucking weirdo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love it. No, you are you are letting down half of all humanity by holding that view. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking. It's a disgrace that he gets invited on fucking uh, night, though. Honestly, what's he adding to the conversation? Nothing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they gave him a hard time, but yeah, so what? Anyone could be able to give that fucking cretin a hard. <sighs> well, at least time, they didn't like... get a fucking Emily Maitlist to. Um... Oh yeah, yeah, because she, she'd just be like, "So Graham." So Graham, obviously everything doing. you say is correct. Yeah. but do you think you're maybe a little bit rude about it yeah i guess that there's that or just graham why why do you think other men don't have the courage to stand up like you do well i will what i will say is that matthew dancona does <laughs> he was tweeting oh, something today fucking... about like can we listen to women's concerns genuine question i'm like Ugh, no one at the guardian offices yeah. is gonna fuck you mate you got sacked <laughs> oh god like, his, his career is just the most depressing thing yeah, it's, what's fun- the it's funny that it happened to him because he deserved it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, pro- Tortoise is ridiculous a- an enterprise as it is. It's probably still several steps up from fucking drugstore culture. <laughs> that, was just, that was an idea. If he ever goes back to like actual success in his career, that's the bit they'll look back on in like the inevitable video package on his death of like the dark years the bleak forgotten years man i don't know about you i'm still checking drugstore culture every day for that defense of harvey weinstein that was supposed to be in the pipeline <laughs> oh yeah um, when, when's the relaunch happening yeah, yeah yeah i actually just checked and i got a your connection is not private message when i went there <laughs> and they like hacking my fucking computer it's, it's been gone over a year now Fuck yeah i couldn't get on the website anyway basically and they haven't tweeted since january 2019 wow. so yeah <laughs> R.I.P. Drugstore culture. There's a magazine stockist site it has got a bit on that's got their blurb on, you know, drugstore culture is a cultural pharmacy for the soul, dispensing <laughs> the best content in the world over its counter. In its initial form, published across digital print and mobile platforms, that sentence doesn't work. Even that little blurb is, is kind of illiterate. But magazine frequency, two per annum. There are no issues available to view. Please check back soon. It's just <laughs> their last tweet. Even this... within publishing, where stuff fails left, right, and center. Yeah, it always has, even when it was a healthier industry. <laughs> that was such a bomb. It was incredible because it was failing so badly long before they all fell out with the owner and backer because he was too much of a prick for Matt Dancona. Yeah, but that was the only reason it ever got off the ground in the first place, just because that one rich man was willing to put a load of money into it. It yeah. wouldn't have existed otherwise. I don't know who's Essentially, funding Tortoise. The top video that comes up when you search for him is their first ever vodcast, which is now 18 <laughs> months old. That's now got 72 views. One of them is me right now. It's got no thumbs up and five thumbs down. Let's make that shit 73. Drugstore la- culture podcast. <laughs> their last upload was a 49 second video called the mount rushmore of movies one year ago <laughs> 19 views oh god oh that's only 49 seconds hang on i'll just watch it now and let you know what it's all about they did a tribute to bernardo bertolucci which got a thousand views almost entirely it's going to be just people searching for bertolucci <laughs> but fair play to him on the numbers given a fucking Wait, what? Oh, okay. They're like, see full article here, but obviously the link to the article doesn't work because they took their website down. Oh, okay. So this is, it's a clip show. A 49-second kind of random compilation of clips from movies. It's not actually random selection, though. It just feels like that watching the clip on its own. Turns out Dan Kona actually wrote an article comparing Vice by Adam McKay, Sunrise at Campobello by Vincent J. Donoghue, 1960, Oliver Stone's Nixon, Oliver Stone's W, and 13 Days by David Self. So, yeah, that's what the Mount Rushmore of movies is about. That's just I guess... a beautiful image, isn't it? Matt Dancona <laughs> sat at home with his big telly having an Oliver Stone marathon. <laughs> 
<laughs> Do you reckon oh, he... he's got an alternative American history or whatever that series he did on? Oh, mate. Not, he, nodding he, I... along sagely, like, oh, yeah, the CIA did that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> I'll write I about say... that in drugstore culture. Dispense some hard truth over the counter. Oliver Stone's best president movie is obviously JFK, and that is the mm-hmm. most conspiratorial one as well. And that's yes. not on the list, unfortunately, which is just further evidence that Matthew Dancona is an irredeemably <laughs> boring cunt because Nixon, which he could bring himself to watch, is genuinely three and a half hours long, possibly more, and it's so dull and is inexplicably, given Oliver Stone's politics, sympathetic to nixon and that's just not enough of a premise to justify the length just like what if nixon had a human side it's like (laughs) okay but something please if you're gonna do such a a, an epic film like something a, a little grittier and more substantive of a thesis please like the thesis of jfk which is also insanely long but the thesis is just like there's a vast right wing conspiracy to kill jfk so as to change the direction of the united states foreign policy that's cool i believe that (laughs) anyway sorry that was a bit of a detour i will say in dan kona's defense that jfk is not literally about the life of jfk and doesn't take place in the white house which is probably why it's not on the list but i just wanted to go off i wanted to call him an irredeemably boring cunt worth doing always worth doing sorry i was just checking the edit history on oliver stone's wikipedia to see if philip cross has been near it (laughs) just because i noticed there was like a sentence in the opening paragraph it's like he's been accused of promoting conspiracy theories which right fair enough i mean he definitely has he has he 100 has but it's got like six sources immediately next to that one small sentence (laughs) you know so so someone's put a lot of effort into backing it up but it looks like there's just been a bit of an edit war about it mr cross mr very cross is nowhere to be seen a lot of people have accused oliver stone of spreading conspiracy theories to be fair even yeah some people who like his films god drugstore culture what a great bunch of lads i'm just looking at all their stuff now and it's like they did I mean, an interview with ruth davidson talks politics with drugstore culture <laughs> 23 views <laughs> like oh my that's... god two different videos about laurel and hardy which and, uh, have... and, uh, Sorry, combined sorry. 300 yeah. views nice nice <laughs> an hour-long interview with alistair campbell literally 57 and a half minutes with alistair campbell a big long deep dive into the thoughts and views of alistair campbell 135 <laughs> views oh man should we watch some of this stuff at some point oh god they had an interview with matt kelly isn't that that fucking idiot from the new european I mean, it's quite a generic name, but I would assume so. Because it says on Brexit. Oh, yeah, 100% that's going to be that prick, yeah. They did one with James O'Brien that's one of the most popular ever videos of 429 views. (gasps) Yeah, they've got a series called Young People Talk Brexit as well. Yeah, and (laughs) no one cares about them because they've done nothing to be, why should you watch this? Matt Kelly's got exactly the head I imagined he would have. Wow, I can't believe they managed to get someone along to the fucking... Wow, they did an interview with Paul Feig about his film A Simple Favour. But got... 34 views! See, when I did that article about all the right-wing grift dark money sites like that, (laughs) that's one I focused on. I put in all the figures about, like, here's how Paul Feig's last several films have done, here's how much (laughs) money they've grossed, here's how many people went to see them worldwide or bought the DVDs and this sort of thing. Um, (laughs) Here's his new film that he's promoting, a lengthy interview on YouTube from a company with money behind it that's presumably got all the right keywords on there and everything. Yeah. And at that point, it had about 25 views. It's now gone up to like 34. Or 34? Like I mean, I like to simple takes work, favor. You know? I guess it's not the kind of film that I'd go back and be curious about and mm-hmm. want to watch a load of interviews with the director. So, yeah, maybe it doesn't have much like mm-hmm. staying power in terms of people going back and giving it repeat clicks. But, yeah, like, I, no, that's, that's astonishingly low numbers, man. I literally think if I saw Paul Feig or someone on that level of fame in the street and just yelled, all right, mate, and filmed myself doing it, I would get more views than that in an hour with no <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, YouTube account yet, even. Get hundreds. Twitter's easy numbers, man. Even drugstore culture was sometimes cracking the two figures on that. <laughs> is the spoon still going? Fucking hell. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, shit, it is. Is the Simon Hedges still like all its tweets? Hello, if you haven't. I've challenged on the website now. Hello, if oh, you haven't no. spooned already, join us. I've gone to a cooking site by accident. You've gone to a... Oh, God. They've, they've completely <laughs> memory-holed Rupert Myers, isn't it? The guy's name. The, the fucking 
marshmallow headed co-founder sex, sex pest yeah yeah completely memory hold him or they don't even um, follow him they only follow six people so they must have unfollowed him at some juncture Pete, do man. they follow poor, poor rupert no i'm just kidding fuck him yeah it's just people at work or, or have worked for them but yeah they're still going that's amazing the last like was on february the 10th yeah. Uh, it wasn't Simon Hedges, or as far as I can tell, anyone that works for them. I think Hedges has stopped liking their stuff. <laughs> oh, I, th- man. I, I think Simon has abandoned them. Like, oh. he kept up that bit for actually years, like, long. Yeah, know? yeah. He's yeah. liking all their tweets pretty much regularly. I the mean, last, not all. they get either no favourites, or maybe one in every three or four tweets, they get one yeah. favourite on it. I'm trying to go back and see how long it is until they got more than one engagement on any oh tweet. Oh my god. Man, they should just fake uh, their own like, suspension to save I know to it's, just a, it's just a newsletter so they're save probably face. just paying one or two people a couple of hours wages to do, yeah. to do it. It's not going to be breaking the bank. It's probably someone's private project rather than having dark money or anything behind it. But however much they're spending on it even if it's paying someone a tenner a day or something like that that is just burning money. Like it is, fa- it was failed within about a fortnight of it launching. It's still going. How long is it now? About three years, something like that. Baffling. I honestly don't. I'm, know I'm how back they in. Do it. I'm back in October now. There's not been anything with more than one retweet or one like. Never one retweet and one like. <laughs> Why? Why would they still how? do it? How? How? Oh, here we go. October third, twenty nineteen. One retweet and three likes. Two borders, four years, two prorogations, plus domestic abuse power, Scotland to ban smacking, Trump rages at Democrats, Dino wins gold. Tells you all you need to know. Yeah. uh, It's the news um, that's fit to print. Okay, so, yeah, one of those likes was Simon Hedges. (laughs) (laughs) That might have been his last hurrah. Oh no, some of the ones after that have one like and it is Simon Hedges, so he was still keeping up the bit as recently as October. <laughs> In fact, was consistently liking every one of their tweets at that point. <laughs> <laughs> they they must prefer the ones that get no likes and no retweets to the ones that are just... Just that fucking, fucking face w- again. <laughs> ...wig model parody account, like their only fan. Maybe they think he's real and they've discussed so many times... Look, should we shut it down? It's not going to happen. They'll be like, no, as long as Simon still believes in us and supports yeah. us, we can't give up on the project. I've, I've clicked on it and it says, in the you might like on the right hand side, it's brought up Yvette Cooper and John Crace. That's the level that the spoon is operating on. We forgot something in the Bergen interview. He said, yeah, he'll miss all the Gapes milk memes. Mm-hmm. And then. As to which MP he would not miss, defected from the Labour Party, <laughs> he cited one Mr. Jonathan Woodcock. In fact, yeah. he repeatedly cited Jonathan Woodcock. Yeah, I'm thinking, has he got his name slightly wrong there? And then he said Jonathan Woodcock about five times in 30 seconds. I'm like, no, he's doing a bit. Uh, yep, yeah, this, yeah, this is great. It's just, Mr. just the Woodcock. no respect. He he said yeah. it himself. He has no respect for John Wood, Jonathan Woodcock, and he, prob- he said it so many away. times. Yeah, I don't remember what he was called before that. I, I mean, his, I remember penis, 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 but mm-hmm. yeah, Jonathan. That's what he's called, right? It's canon now. Yeah. Jonathan Woodcock. Jonathan Woodcock. We weren't sad to lose. I remember, if I can, if I can say this, during the coup when I took on two or three jobs, some of us had to do because people were resigning left, right, and centre. I was at the dispatch box. Jonathan Woodcock was behind me, and as I was speaking, and I wasn't really used to speaking at the dispatch box because I'd only been in MP since 2015. Jonathan Woodcock was repeating again and again, "Bergen's useless. Bergen's rubbish. Bergen doesn't know what he's doing." And so what, I've, what I say is, he let his constituents down. He let his party down. If I had any respect for him whatsoever, I'd say he let himself down, but he didn't. He acted in accordance with his rotten political outlook. <laughs> Good riddance to him. Yeah, Jonathan um, Woodcock. Whatever the fuck he's up to now. Oh, he's a lord now, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, he's mainly not investigating himself is, is what he's up to these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like He'll set up an independent... Yeah. Oh, well, the Lords the lords will have uh, sexual harassment processes or whatever. Oh, but... <laughs> I thought you were just going to say the Lords will have sexual harassment. I'm they like, certainly yes. will. Yes, like, they that's will. Not... Um, yeah, he, that's he will true. settle in in his new workplace, depressingly enough. But, yeah, Jonathan Woodcock got a, quite a pasting from Bergen on Navarro. He fucking said... What, what did he say? He was like... He said that during the coup... When he had to take multiple briefs, fucking yeah. 
Jonathan Woodcock was just behind him saying, Bergen's rubbish. Bergen Bergen's knows nothing. terrible. Yeah. Bergen hasn't got a clue. You can just you imagine. Can absolutely imagine him doing that. He's, he's just like, this little bastard, isn't he? Would Jonathan? He's watched Woodcock. Lord of the Rings and he's seen fucking Grima Wormtongue's character up on screen <laughs> and he's been like, finally, someone who understands electability, someone who understands my job in politics. And he's, he's just, he takes that as a mod, you know, he thinks this, oh, this is good. Yeah. That'll, that would work. That's a good idea. <laughs> he sees some nukes. My precious. <laughs> yeah, so I, I enjoyed Burian sticking the boot into fucking Tossa Woodcock, Jonathan Woodcock. Is there anything else? Did he, didn't you slag someone else off in the interview who had it come in? <sighs> I think there were a lot of sort of more veiled shots at people. But I don't think he went for anyone with the same sort of ferocity as he did Jonathan Woodcock. I did quite enjoy how he was just quoting Tony Ben like every ten seconds. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like it's, it's like again. he had a book of Ben quotes with him. He's just like, well, as Tony Ben <laughs> said, <laughs> maybe friend of the show Max Shanley had gifted him a, a copy of the the very best of, <laughs> the very best of Tony Ben. Well, yeah, my yeah. favourite of his works. <laughs> the best of Ben. Yeah. Well, Max actually contributed to the best of Ben, helping its author. Yes. I think Ruth Wins. Yeah select various pieces of, of Ben's writing. So, yeah, there's a, there's a, there is a connection there. However, yeah. Max does not believe in the deputy leadership position in Labour Party and thinks it should be abolished. Yeah. Which, indeed, his mentor, John Lansman, tried to do. Yeah, a brave attempt. Probably paved the so, beginning of the end for Tom Watson. Yeah, I don't think it was bad, though. A load of people are like, what a terrible strategic yeah. move. I'm like, nah, nah, it was good. It was if anything... So the bad, the bad strategy was when Corbyn stopped it. Have we got anything else? Not really regarding the Labour leadership, I think. Obviously, what also has been going on is we've had the early parts of the Democratic primary. You know, we've yeah. had uh, Iowa and New Hampshire obviously going well for Bernie Sanders so far, which is great. One but Iowa. We, we saw great Iowa up. being an absolute fucking shambles, basically. Almost cartoonish attempts to either rig the thing or to sap momentum out of what they knew the result was likely to be. Yeah. But it's backfired, I think, completely. I think it's only fed people who are maybe considering supporting Bernie Sanders into doing so and reinvigorated people campaigning for him Yeah, to, to I mean, go like harder it... in terms of pointing out this sort of stuff rather than maybe shying away for it out of concern they might be seen to destroy party unity and this sort of thing. Prior to 2020, I don't think you ever needed an app to decide a caucus result. However, the Democrats outsourced their Iowa caucus vote counting app to, like, Hank Scorpio Incorporated or something. I mean, no, it's called, yeah. it's called Shadow, and it's a, a, a very normal, a... good name for a, a completely <laughs> transparent, <Spectre>. uh, <laughs> benevolent political app. Exactly. So it's run by, like, the villains of the next James Bond film. Well, actually, a bunch of major Democratic donors and grandees. The actual, and candidates, yeah. The, the actual sort of, like, CEO of the app, the person running it, has up until this January worked for the Pete for America campaign. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievably bait fucking shit. And Shadow had, like, taken donations from him and some other campaigns and candidates as well. Yeah. You know, it's almost openly corrupt, really. Shadow is a subsidiary of a group called Acronym, which, as I understand it, is a subsidiary for an organisation called E-V-I-L, Inc. Again, no idea what yeah. they, what kind of things they do. Yeah, but it's so fucked, man. I, I really actually got a sense. i got to say, Iowa, the same kind of, like, fear that I got in the last couple of years, where I just kind of felt... Yeah, they're not going to let him win, are they? <laughs> just the fact that Michael Bloomberg seems to have been able to just be like, yeah, I'm a Democratic candidate now. Like, two fucking years, pretty much, into the whole process. Like, yeah, thrown a fucking a bunch of fucking money up into the air, and all of a sudden, the entire US political sphere is just like, well, yes, of course, Michael Bloomberg is a credible Democratic candidate. It's like, no, he's not. But A, he's a fucking Republican. He's just bought his way into the race, and you, this is all normal to you. And of course, it is normal to them. That's why Bernie Sanders needs to win. That's I think. Politics. I think, if, if anything, in, in some ways, it, it could help Bernie. Firstly, in terms of 
there's been this attempt for a long time to sort of portray Bernie and the Bernie bros as left populist equivalents to Trump in a negative sense. And obviously in terms of how the candidate puts themselves across and how they have a bunch of dirt on them and the horrendous opinions about women, about race, this sort of thing. Bloomberg's the closest in the entire contest by a long way to Trump in terms of being a Trump with a blue rosette on. And then also it's another candidate to split the centrist vote, if you like. Exactly. He's getting supporters. They're mostly going to come from Joe Biden. They're going to come potentially from people like Pete, from Elizabeth Warren, from Amy Klobuchar. If if they're losing momentum and losing supporters, if they're all bouncing between those candidates, that's not actually going to really touch Bernie at all. It's just only if people who are supporting him are going elsewhere. Yeah. I think the only one that was doing that to any extent at all was Warren, whose campaign has fucking torpedoed in recent months. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You could say that the preponderance of melt candidates might yeah. be helping to consolidate the left voter coalition and splitting the centrist coalition. Bloomberg, basically. I just fucking oh, hate fuck. him, man. He's just such a fucking smug cunt. Like, the thing he said the other day, someone was like, how do you think a presidential race with two billionaires would be? And he was like, huh, who's the other one? It's just like, wow, imagine being the type of person who finds a supposed politician boasting about their wealth impressive. Unbelievable. So I saw one of those tweets earlier that was like Trump ripping on Bloomberg, which in a vacuum were really funny because they were like, yeah, "Yeah, he's short. (laughs) Very sad and all this, you know. And I clicked on the actual tweet and looked at like all the top replies and that's the level that Democrat Trump reply guys are at is that they're just hey, he's richer than you are, mate, and stuff like that, or like oh god. Just, and I also uh, felt you a look real, like a fool, you know. You're... I felt a real visceral fucking rage actually when I saw his comments on stop and frisk, oh, which he's caught out obviously being a vociferous advocate as a Republican mayor of racist stop and frisk policies and there's a lot of video evidence of that he did this whole kind of groveling thread on twitter like i was mistakenly under the impression that blah 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 that stop and frisk worked it was effective policing and i did not fully consider its effect on the black and hispanic communities and it fucks me off so much man the way that every single politician to like the left of donald trump just co-opts the language of social justice and it's just vile hearing it come from someone like bloomberg it's really like just how dare you try and talk like this we know you don't care about these issues we know that the stop and frisk guy is the real you those are your true politics it's just a different time now we know he hasn't changed. The world's changed. And that's why I so sickened seeing the way he kind of backtracked. And it's the same with Biden, actually, the way he gets called up on all his reactionary positions that he's had for decades. And he, because it's a different time, oh, he doesn't have those positions anymore. And just compare that to Bernie Sanders, who's just been so solid and consistent yeah. throughout his career, including on issues that were unpopular. Yeah, I think if you changing your positions like that and not really giving a good explanation as to why and talking people through how you've come to that it just gives the impression that you're essentially just moving with the wind and what you think is what will work for you at that point Mm. if you can't give the impression of deeply held principles even if they're not ones you've had as long then they're not really worth shit and that's why people do react to people like sanders and for the most part on the left corbyn in britain in that They've got the track record, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of people with a track record, Mike Gapes's take on the Keir Starmer 10 pledges. Right. Looks like Keir is bidding for the continuity Corbyn vote. <laughs> if he starts calling Keir Starmer Corbyn's candidate, yeah, I guess that you would could be call the him. Best. <laughs> the best. Keir is just a, a Corbyn clone. <laughs> Right, I wouldn't mind talking a bit more about the American stuff, but I kind of think we should wrap up now, basically. we can always Yeah, we'll have a lot more material in months to come regarding that. We can always... Yeah, otherwise, you know, we don't have too much, like... There are people who will be better on American stuff than us. Yes, and we should try and get them on the show. 
absolutely to, to, to launder their expertise for our own ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man. All right. Well, speaking a bit then. Thank you for listening to Real Politic, everyone. This has been your politics shit talk fest with Jack and Garay. <laughs> people, it's crowdsourcing.